1: of Girls Talking Boys.
2: What's up, my dudes? Hello. It's a great name for your podcast that you got there.
1: I don't know where we got it from.
2: Yeah, I don't know who could have helped you with that, but thrilled to be here.
1: We might know a guy who's (laughs) good with words. (laughs) Um, So obviously, lots to talk about today. A huge Thursday night that we just got through. Pretty big deal. Um, We're all excited. But before we jump in, really quickly, um, there was some more tragic news that came out of yesterday we want to make sure we acknowledge um Dak Prescott his brother Jace um actually passed away yesterday unexpectedly I think and so um we want to make sure we send our well wishes and our thoughts out to him and his family at this time um obviously such a a terrible thing to happen any day um but you know I think we were all shocked to hear that come down on, on a day like like yesterday to say the least so we're thinking of him and um we love you we love you for QB one, we love you. QB one, we love you. All right, guys. So um, I typically start my day with a gratitude list, <laughs> and today is no different. So
3: this does not would- surprise me in the least. <laughs> just so we're clear,
1: that's
2: here. very on brand. Help, help, queen.
1: Let's go. Shouts out Rachel <laughs> Hollis. Um, so today is no different. So I'm gonna start out by saying um, I am extremely grateful for this coffee right here, strong AF coffee that oh, you, you guys brought me. So yeah. thanks for that, and also that the freaking Dallas Cowboys drafted CD Lamb. Let's go, you guys. They did it. It I happened. Mean,
2: they really actually did it. I
3: Shocker mean, of all shockers.
2: I'm honestly, like, I'm I'm still processing uh, what we went through last night.
3: Very reminiscent of, like, the Zach Martin where you're like, he is Jerry going to go up and get Johnny, or is he going to do the right thing and get Zach? Like
2: 100%. So,
3: CeeDee Lamb,
1: Cowboys took him at 17. Top receiver out of Oklahoma. This was the pick that they were, I don't think anyone was expecting to A, happen or to B, fall to the Cowboys. From the front office side of the Cowboys, they acknowledged it last night. Our media side, I mean, I I loved listening to Jerry and and, and Mike and Steven last night in the press conference and they were like, we did several mocks and he never fell to us. So uh, the fact that they got him and picked him, A, is amazing. B, that he was there to pick. Uh, But C, he also fills some interesting needs. So I want to talk about that too, but... Uh, McCarthy called him a dynamic player and noted the desire to have a flexible perimeter player kind of guy like that and just all his perimeter guys in general and I think he definitely fits that bill. Um, He more than makes up for the loss of a guy like a Randall Cobb and then Cole Beasley in years past too but uh, maybe even some returner capabilities. Again, lots of excitement around this pick so guys, what are your reactions?
3: I love a special teams moment so if that actually pans out that just adds to the list of reasons why he needs to be here so happy about that.
2: This is why the NFL draft is so much fun. And, I I mean, people roll their eyes and turn their nose up at it because it's unpredictable. But that's what makes it so great. And it's also why, if you want to cover a draft or follow a draft, like, you have to thoroughly do your homework. Like, honestly, you're reading the scouting report on CeeDee Lamb. Much like the Cowboys, it's funny. Like, I stopped researching CeeDee Lamb months ago. Uh, because I was like, well, the Cowboys don't have a shot at him right around late February when he went to the combine and put up a four five and went through the receiver drills and went viral for making this crazy corkscrew sideline catch. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm writing this guy off for 17. He won't be there. He'll be a top 10 pick. And the Cowboys agreed with me. Um, but you never know what's going to happen when these teams start drafting because, all of a sudden, somebody reaches for a need or somebody takes a player that they don't necessarily need because it's the best possible player, and you're faced with a choice. Uh, I thought it was really fascinating that the guy that we spent months preparing for, Caleb Von Chason, was there. Yep. He would have been the pick. Yep. But C.D. Lamb falls right in your laps, and that's what makes it so much fun. I applaud the Cowboys for... Being true to their board and just absolutely stealing a player.
3: I was... So Kelsey and I watched together last night, and I think around 13 or 14, probably like the rest of y'all, we looked at each other and we were like, wait, are we going to get a wide receiver? Is this happening right now? <laughs> like, okay, is this possible? And I... Shocked
1: So is the only word. I actually want to talk about that because um, I think in years past, we've traditionally seen the Cowboys really go for a guy that has to fit their scheme. They come into the draft and they're like, "All right, here's kind of what we're running, here's what our coach is like in a player and we need a guy who fits this scheme. And that, not saying that that he wouldn't fit this scheme by any means, but that doesn't seem to be the case in what happened at pick 17 for the Dallas Cowboys last night where, again, a guy like Chase on is a name we heard a lot. CJ Henderson was also a name, but he went to the Jaguars at 9. And so, a guy who a could have been a perfect addition to fill a need and also quote fill a scheme that you know maybe would work for McCarthy. But then you have an outstanding athlete, a top receiver in C.D. Lamb, and that's who they chose. Is this Dave? Dave do you give credit to McCarthy for kind of being the the switch that made the Cowboys opt for decisions like this versus in the years past?
2: Um, I think you can go both ways with that. And I mean, you're you're right. The Cowboys have done that, and I think a lot of people, me included, expected or thought that they might opt for von Chase on anyway because that was the guy they did the homework on. He fit the need. It made sense. I couldn't have killed them for making that pick. Um, but they've gotten in trouble doing that in the past. That's how they wound up with Taco Charlton. Um, so Taco. Yeah, and and we <laughs> all know how that worked out. So Yo quiero. That is, that's worth considering. But I would point out, before we throw the old regime under the bus, it was just last year that they drafted Connor McGovern in a similar situation. They never expected such a talented guard to fall all the way to pick number 90. You know, they called it a blinking red light. They did it. Having said that, it's a whole different ballgame to do that in the first round with your premium, premium pick. The guy that you expect to start from the get, um... I would not have been surprised if they just, you know, stuck with the plan. Like, this is what we prepared for. This is what we came in here to do. But they didn't. And and whether you want to give that credit to Mike McCarthy or the front office, probably a little bit of everybody. But good on them for adapting on the fly. Like, I think, you know, it sounds obvious to draft CeeDee Lamb because he's the sixth-rated player, but it's pretty ballsy to throw your whole game plan for the last three months out the window and go with a guy Because you believe he's the best. And like I said, I mean, McCarthy probably deserves some credit. Jerry and Steven and Will deserve some credit. But good on them for being adaptable. So
1: what you're saying is that Jerry didn't draft alone.
2: No, God. (laughs) That
1: was the funniest thing.
2: Hey, Bleacher Report, shouts out.
1: (laughs) You guys, that was hysterical when I saw that come across. I was like, wait, first of all, everyone's drafting alone.
3: Well, walk it back real quick. Anyone that happened to miss it or like lived under a rock yesterday? Yeah. Tell me about that tweet.
2: So, well, y- thank you, Kelsey, for clarifying. Like, everyone in the NFL was alone, like, other than their families. We're like,
1: all social we're distancing and all quarantining. Yeah. together,
3: hashtag.
2: But, you know, <laughs> it, <at> home. <laughs> it comes out, Jerry Jones made a joke during his pre-draft press conference that he's going to miss having Steven next to him to sort of rein him in.
1: And, like, kicking his knees. And, and-
2: national news outlets just know that Cowboys equal clicks, so they're going to write off that, so... The story comes out yesterday morning that Jerry's going to be by himself. And then Matt Mosley, who, if you follow the Cowboys at all, I love Matt Mosley to death. He's one of the funniest people around the Cowboys. He's a former Cowboys beat writer. He does radio in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Fantastic guy. He also has a very dry and very specific sense of humor. (laughs) So he tweets out that Jerry told his scouting department to leave him alone during the draft and it goes viral because again idiots know that cowboys equal clicks and now we've got this ridiculous story on our hands all because matt was trying to entertain himself during quarantine and it freaking worked i mean i had fun i got a great laugh out of it because i know better but bleacher report and a bunch of other outlets thought it was for real
1: i learned this lesson a long time ago um before i realized that skip bayless was garbage Um, (laughs) that that, that national media is great but if you really want to get your news and get the right news you should probably be looking at the beat reporters and the guys that are in the building, the guys and gals that are in the building daily with these coaches and players who are actually conversing with them and speaking with them.
2: There's a short list of about 10 people that I would trust for legitimate Cowboys news and so, I mean, some of them work for national outlets, but the bigger the stage, the less I trust the information.
1: Yeah. So um, I want to go back a little bit more. Meg, you mentioned earlier you're, you, you'd be here for a special teams moment. Let's talk about how we see the Cowboys using C.D. Lamb. Obviously, you have Amari Cooper. Um, you've got a guy like that who who we we made some trades for in the years past, so we're going to keep him. Uh, you got Michael Gallup. And it seems like C D Lamb's going to come in and be that number three guy slot. Uh, Luckily, all three of them have some flexibility to move, uh, be interchangeable, if you will, which I think is obviously a great plus. Uh, So Dave, Meg, where do you want to see CD? Is he going to be a day one starter? How do you see him making an impact with this team?
3: So I think this is where we're going to really see what Kellen Moore is made of. Um, You have like three three guys that can play literally anywhere. Um, and I want to see him get real creative and kind of let those juices flow. I want to see them, like, playing all over the field. Yeah, they, they can do it all. All of them. Inside, outside, slot, whatever. That's going to be the most fun thing to me. I want to see Kellen Moore. Let's go.
1: 11 personnel is going to be tough to beat.
2: Oh, that's, I mean, what Meg said is absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the fun thing. We talked about this during our draft prep yesterday, didn't yep. we? I mean, yeah. I never in my life thought CeeDee Lamb would be the receiver, but for so many years, the Cowboys were kind of hampered by their personnel. And I don't mean to take shots at Dez or Cole Beasley, but they're not nearly as versatile. They're specialists. Cole Beasley's gonna specialize in the slot. Dez is gonna specialize as an X receiver. These three guys all can do it all. Amari Cooper might be better in the slot than he is on the outside, and CeeDee Lamb can play on the boundary just as well as he can on the slot. So, all three of these guys can do whatever the coaches want them to. That's what makes this so exciting. I mean, Lamb's talent is exciting, but the versatility, it's just so fun to think about all the different things they could do with these guys. So, I'm
3: 40 burger.
2: All day.
1: So, I actually <laughs> had a chance to watch CD. Uh, I went to the Texas OU game this past year out of the Cotton Bowl. One of the OG, best college football games. We won't get into that discussion, but in my humble opinion, yeah, I think it's one started. of the best college football games that exists. Uh, he did not disappoint. I mean, obviously Oklahoma's defense was really the the standout in the first half, holding Texas to what was like three points. Or, I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, but he came away with that game with 10 receptions for 131 yards, three touchdowns. And honestly, what I love the most, though, was that it felt like defenders were bouncing off of him. Like, this guy is not just going to – Take the ball out of bounds, and I mean he can he can hold his own. He's and sharp. He is. Uh, I love how Dane Brugler described it in his draft guide. If you guys don't have this, you need to go grab it. It's it's incredible. Um, Dane Brugler with the Athletic. If you have, are a subscriber, you can grab it for free off of their website. But Dane says overall Lamb is a balanced athlete with the body fluidity of a much smaller player and the ball skills and competitive nature of a much bigger player, projecting as a high ceiling NFL starter due to his playmaking abilities. I mean Dave you can. you said it. He he can kind of do it all.
2: He does a little bit of everything like you know there that's a category me being a draft nerd like I call those guys yak gods. Like he is a yards after catch monster. <laughs>
1: yak gods. He's not
2: going down <laughs> wow. on first contact. He's a great route runner. He can atta- <laughs> I mean he's he's got some Dez like qualities to his game in the way that he can go up and attack the ball. He high points the ball like whatever you want him to do he can do it. Like you're not gonna pigeonhole this guy into one aspect of playing wide receiver.
1: Let's go ahead and continue gassing CD up. Um, I'm gonna throw some stats your way, Meg. I think I have a feeling you're gonna like what I'm gonna what I'm about to put out there. Ooh. Um. So this kid, obviously, he was great at Oklahoma, but he was already a star in high school.
3: Oh yeah, where uh, where did he go to high school?
1: Uh, he may have been a Texas guy, Meg.
3: Ooh, oh,
1: Team you Texas, say. <laughs> um, but actually, fun fact—it's not really a fun fact—but he actually originally hailed from Louisiana. His family was forced to relocate to Houston because of Hurricane Katrina. So, um, Dave, I know you have some some. Uh, personal experience with things of that sort.
2: yeah I mean it's you know Katrina's so far in the background it's and you know another guy that cowboy fans probably know is LSU's grant Delpit similar situation. you know Katrina was it's it's wild to think Katrina was so long ago that these guys that are coming up now, you know my experience was it happened when I was in high school it happened to these guys when they were four, five, six years old. Um, So it's it's just interesting to see how, you know, people got spread out after that. And, you know, going back to the top of the show, I didn't even know that because I stopped studying C.D. Lamb. I was like, well, he's not going to be a cowboy, so I don't need to know that much about him. So I got some reading up to do uh, (laughs) as we go along.
1: So going back to how he performed in high school, I mean, this kid was a record setter already. He had 98 receptions for 2,032 yards. That's fourth most in Texas state history. 33 touchdowns, tied for second most in Texas State history, and he also um, was a punt returner. So, special teams moment. Special teams moment. Dave, could he fit in there? Where, I mean, what do you see? What do you think about a guy like that back at, back receiving the ball?
2: See, that's I'm excited by that because football coaches can be so lame sometimes because like the more valuable you are to the offense, the less they want to use you on special teams. That's the better Des Bryant got during his career the less likely you were to see him returning punts. Like, he mainly did that, you know, 2010 to 2012 before he really became a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. Um, So I hope Mike McCarthy and his staff, uh, you know, John Fossil's the new special teams coordinator. I hope they are willing to use CD on special teams. Like, just because he's a top 20 pick doesn't mean you should limit what he can do. Um, So I hope that they are ready to do that with him because I think it would be a lot of fun.
1: So you're saying he's a day one starter for you?
2: Of course. Oh, You don't draft this guy to not be a day one starter. I just
1: need to make sure I get it on record.
2: He is, (laughs) you know, 11 personnel is the new base. Like, NFL teams use three receivers 70% of the time. So C.D. Lamb should be on the field 70% of the time. That is what I am expecting from day one.
1: And not to mention, again last two seasons for cd he's uh got 1100 plus yard seasons so that means we've got uh, a thruple of <laughs> thousand yard receivers on our field
2: if cd lamb is what we think he is then the cowboys might have the best receiving core in the nfl right now do we
1: need Wait, a see? nickname for them
2: Jeez, you just jumped right ahead. I mean, we haven't even. I, I mean, yeah, we do. I mean, try to get
3: help. Get ahead of we don't practice.
2: even know when they're going to be practicing. We'll Let but you
3: marinate on that. Yeah,
2: we got some time to think about it. But yeah, they definitely need a nickname.
3: I mean, I just think it's funny a team that only a few years ago lived and died by the run, and now we have these like all-star receivers. Yep.
2: Which, I mean, if you want to take it to the next level. Zeke Elliott should be really happy about this. Oh, yeah. Because NFL defenses are going to have to go small to defend this much firepower in the passing game. And if you got a bunch of DBs on the field, they're not going to have a lot of fun tackling 21. So, and don't forget
3: about Tony, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's so much firepower on this offense. Ooh. Dak Prescott should be really excited, but the flip <laughs> side of that coin is... Dak Prescott isn't going to have a lot of excuses for why they're not scoring forty points a game. So, so actually, lot of firepower. For that him brings to work up with. a
1: great question. We got a couple questions last night. Um, also, when we're recording, guys, if you ever have questions for us, go ahead and tweet them to Meg or I. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles. Meg is at
3: Meg, Meg Murray with four
1: R's. Yeah. So make sure to send those in. We'll make sure we cover off as many as we can. Uh, Ali wants to know how many games are the Cowboys? How many points a game? Are the Cowboys going to average next year? And is one football enough with all these offensive weapons, or will egos get in the way?
2: It's a great point. I mean, I trust Kellen Moore to balance that out. Um, I, I don't really worry about egos. I mean, you talk, I mean, Amari Cooper's like yeah. the most undiva receiver I've ever been around. Exactly. And C.D. Lamb is a rookie, and they're still going to run the ball. You don't pay a running back that much money to not run the ball. I don't worry about egos. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, Dak Prescott, but also Kellen Moore. I mean, there's going to be pressure. Like, they need to be averaging somewhere between 28 and 35 points a game, or else this is something's wrong. And Do we have any idea? Tell what,
1: me what you got. What Kellen's contract is? Because obviously, he's one of the only people that they retained from the coaching staff previous years. Do you feel like this is like a, all right, Kellen, we're giving you your weapons. This is your trial? and if you
2: they don't disclose assistant contracts very often i don't know i mean i don't know how much longer he's under contract but it's at least a year or two um i don't know i mean i don't know if they they didn't do this to to make kellen Moore prove himself i think they just did it to get the best possible receiver but, but now he can prove but himself. yeah i mean if if they don't get results out of the talent they have on offense that's concerning
0: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
1: So last night in uh, the post draft press conference, Jerry, Stephen, um, and Mike McCarthy, Coach McCarthy said, Hey, honestly, we had trade offers on the table. Three of them is what they, the number they threw out there. And they, opted not to take it Um, I think there were what five guys ahead of him he was our number six on the board do you have Dave do you have any assumptions guesses on on what those trades were and and kind of why they fell off the table for the Cowboys as as chase on I'm sorry as CD continued to fall to them I think they they mentioned that whenever um, whenever rugs went to Oakland is when it started to get really real for them
2: yeah I mean that makes sense because these you know these top three receivers, Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb, were all kind of grouped together. There wasn't a consensus about how they would stack up. And it was a little bit of a surprise for Ruggs to go first because I think most people, no disrespect to him, but I think most people had him rated third out of the three. So for him to go number one, all of a sudden you're thinking, not everybody between 12 and 17 is going to want a receiver. So you start to think one of these guys is going to be available. I don't know this. I have a feeling all of those trade offers were for CD Lamb because I don't think the Cowboys were the only team that had him as their highest-rated receiver in the in the draft. Interesting. I mean, you talk about Philadelphia came into this draft really needing a receiver. They wound. For never? They Do wound. Am I Fair. <laughs> but they still needed one. They wound up taking Jalen Rager out of TCU. Minnesota took Justin Jefferson out of LSU. So, lots of teams that needed receivers probably willing to jump up there. But I think as soon as the Cowboys picked Jerry Judy and you knew that one of the two of Chase on or Lamb was going to be there, I threw the idea of trading back out the window. The Broncos, but, you mean? What did I say? Cowboys. Oh, sorry. Yes. Like, Denver took Jerry Judy. That's what I meant. My bad. Look. The
1: Western themed, other Western themed team? I got like four and a
2: half hours <laughs> of sleep last night. Um, I
1: was like, we can get him.
2: As soon as Denver took Jerry Judy, I was sitting there thinking, okay, you're either going to have the best possible player available or the guy that you targeted from the beginning so as soon as that happened i was like they're not going to trade out of this pick they're either going to take lamb or chase on it just seemed pretty obvious
1: um i also need some clarification i know what it is but like just for those that maybe don't know and team 40 burger give us the give us the the history of this phenomenal (laughs) name
2: I actually I don't remember if it was my thing or Jeff Kavanaugh's thing or maybe it was both of us. I remember I heard that term from the FX show The League a long time ago. Uh which if you it's a show about fantasy football and
1: hilarious. It's
2: it's an amazing show. It's so much fun.
1: They filmed it at Trading Camp, Cowboys yeah, Trading they, Camp years they ago. They did,
2: like in like twenty twelve, yeah. I wanna say. Um but in, in fantasy football, it's not specific to fantasy football, but, like, when you have a player that scores 40 points, people will be like, oh, my God, Antonio Gates hung a 40-burger on me last week. And so very early in the draft process, I was like, yeah, like, there's too much to worry about with fixing the defense. They just need to draft a receiver and drop 40-burgers on everybody. And like most good jokes do, like, it just kind of picked up steam on Twitter and became a whole thing. I, I don't even remember... Who said it the first time, but we've been beating it into the ground for about three months at this point. Well,
1: fun fact if you love it as much as we do, uh, Blogging the Boys, our mothership actually has a t shirt that is available. available -er. (laughs) I need more coffee, guys. (laughs) Available for sale. Uh, So, best believe, I think. Oh, I'm getting one. Yeah. 100%. What did you tweet last night? You're like, this is not an option. This is a necessity.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's not a want, it's a need. Exactly. But that's like the more. Eloquent way of saying what I said. Yeah, so we're going to be (laughs) repping
1: that for sure. Um, On the topic of Team 40 Burger, Frank Garza wants to know Can the center and left guard situation derail Team 40 Burger, or are we doing the moving pocket thing a lot next year? So uh, you mentioned, again, the O line has been a topic of conversation in this draft. Obviously, Travis Frederick, uh, Pro Bowl All American center, he's amazing. We love him. uh, Retired this past season. And you did talk about how Connor McGovern. Uh, was drafted last year too we've got some fluidity potentially in who lines up where between Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, Joe Looney we know Zach Martin where he's going to be but um, Dave what's your thoughts on, on that That's
2: that is why drafting purely is so much fun because they drafted Connor McGovern last year and everybody was like What are they doing? Like, they don't need a guard. They have all these guys. They need defenders. (laughs) What are you doing? And fast forward a year, and Travis Frederick is retired, and you have a top 100 talent in Connor McGovern waiting in the wings to use. Um, And so we don't know right now. I would say the odds on favorite to win the job right now is Joe Looney, just because he's done it before. He did it at a high level in 2018. The Cowboys made the playoffs with him starting at center.
3: The Dancing King.
2: The dancing bear himself. Joe Looney. <laughs> Thank you. Um I shouldn't
3: have even done
2: that. I'm just I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. I mean, between Joe Looney, Connor Williams, and Connor McGovern, they'll sort all that out and it might not be as good as when Travis Frederick was an all pro, but you should not need a first-round pick at every position on the line to function, and I, I think they'll be fine.
1: I want to talk about that for a minute, too, because, well, first of all, Connor Williams was taking snaps at at, at center last year a little bit, too, right? We, you guys saw that in some of these practices.
2: He hasn't done it much since he joined the Cowboys, but he has worked out at that position before. He's got some familiarity with it.
1: But I think everyone gave Joe Looney a hard time when he had to step in with when Travis was out with his illness and, and, you know, his autoimmune disorder and how just Dak just took a beating. How much of that do you actually put on on Joe versus maybe Dak himself?
2: Well, I don't think you can pin it all on Joe anyway. I mean, you know...
1: I think a lot of people did, no, honestly. I, I, maybe, they were like, well, Travis isn't here, so... Maybe
2: so, but I mean, like, you know, Lyle Collins was not as good in 2018 as he was in 2019. Connor Williams and Xavier Suofilo struggled at the left guard spot, so... It would be a mistake to put all of that on Joe. Having said that, Dak got sacked 56 times in 2018. Ouch. Yeah, that's not good. Um, But I think I've made this point a few times over the offseason. They dropped Dak's sack number from 56 to 23 last year. And I know Travis was back, but Travis also was not playing at that level, that, you know, 2016 first-team All-Pro you know, all respect to Travis, but he was not that player last year. So I look at that, and I think Dak improved a lot in terms of his pocket awareness, knowing when to get rid of the ball, knowing how to avoid different pressure. Um, so I think, I think they'll be better even with Joe. I, I think, you know, there's way more to that 56 number than just not having Travis Frederick.
1: Are you guys in favor of the Cowboys picking up potential reinforcements in later rounds for this offensive line where's your head at in that regard because yeah obviously we have we have some guys in in the mix but you know
3: what do you think I don't hate that um I'm just so stressed about I mean I we beefed up our offense love it love to see it I'm stressed about the defense secondary man yeah yeah what do you think um
2: hey best player available baby. I mean if that's if that's how it works if a if an interior offensive lineman is just sitting there and he's so much better, I would consider it. But yeah, I mean you took your offensive pick. You've got I mean they have talent to work with on the offensive line and unless it's just an insane value, I'm looking at D-linemen and defensive backs almost the rest of the way.
1: I was going to say are you actually subscribing to the best player available in these later rounds now that you've done that in the first round with with a guy that yeah, he's going to he's going to be a great weapon, but we have dire needs at corner. Dare I say dire because these guys, you've got Jordan Lewis, uh you've got you've got let's see, Jordan Lewis, uh Xavier Woods, uh Anthony Brown. Jordan and Cheeto, their rookie contracts are expiring in 2021. So these are guys that they're good, but and also, I, I don't know if I expect to see them even coming back. So we need some reinforcements there. So do you switch your gears and you say, all right, that was fun. I'm glad we got him. Glad we did that decision. But now we need to really be focused in, dialed in on, on secondary and, and maybe D-line.
2: It's not a black and white conversation. Like, it, we, we just saw this last night. I mean, it literally, you could not draw up a more perfect example. Like, NFL teams, they love to lie and say best player available. It's not true. It's best player available within an area of need for the most part. But every now and then something comes along that makes you reevaluate. That's what CeeDee Lamb was. Uh, So you can't rule out, you know, let's just throw it out there and say like, you know, a center, let's, I'll use the name Tyler Biotish from Wisconsin. Uh, He's highly thought of as one of the best two or three players at the position. Let's say he falls to like pick 123, which would be crazy. But in a situation like that, I'd be like, well, geez, he's so much better than the defensive options that you have. You can't ignore it. But unless something crazy like that happens, you're weighing a pool of similarly graded defensive players, then, yeah, you lean toward your needs. And that's kind of what I expect them to do, barring something crazy. Like, unless a really unexpected player falls in their lap, I think they're going to lean toward their needs in the secondary and on the defensive line.
1: So... Um, I'm looking at the draft list from last night, and are you guys surprised with how many corners came off of the list? I mean, there's a a handful of guys up here that I feel like were tossed around that the Cowboys potentially could have had interest in. You've got a guy like, uh, let's see, I mean, obviously we knew about AJ Terrell's of the world. I mean, CJ Henderson was a name too. We didn't expect uh, Akuda to come to us. I mean, we knew he was going high. Even Noah, I don't know how to say his name. Dave, I know you know. Igbenogany. Thank you. Um, Are you concerned? I mean, I thought there was a lot of depth at corner, but it feels like a lot of depth was drafted, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting because, like, once you get past the first 15 or 16 picks, then it just becomes beauty in the eye of the beholder. So, like, I love Noah Igbenogany. I wanted the Cowboys to draft him 51st overall. I had had no idea that he would go in the top, in the first 32. Uh, Same thing goes for Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. He was a top 20 pick. That blew me away. Um, But there's still... The the Ohio Ohio State. State. There are still players that are there. I'm surprised that the names... You know, Christian Fulton from LSU is still sitting out there. Trevon Diggs, who we talked about as a possibility at 17. Um... I don't know how likely it is that those guys slide all the way to pick 51, but there's still some names out there. They're just not the names that I thought they would be.
1: So, dare I ask this question? Oh, no. <laughs> Who do you feel like has won the NFL draft thus far? Ohio, The Ohio State or Louisiana State University? Wait, what? I, LSU.
2: Just uh, Louisiana State University Agricultural I, I, and Mechanical College.
1: I, I knew I was going <laughs> to butcher that last part, so I'll leave that to you. <laughs>
2: Uh, not that you're
1: biased or anything.
2: I mean, oh, how many did Ohio State have? I just know all you Buckeyes, don't even try to claim Joe Burrow. Like I how already dare you? I've already seen people like, oh, Ohio State technically had the first three picks in the draft. Yep, like that's, shut, shut up. up.
3: That was you, the line. That I
2: was shut up. On you. He was you wearing
3: di- purple and gold when he got that ring.
2: You didn't want him. You let him go. He's ours. But we groomed him. I don't care. He's not yours. He got his he got his degree from Ohio State. I don't care. He's an L S U Tiger. Um, He's your tiger son. He is my tiger son. I'm very proud of him. Um,
1: Did you cry a little bit when that happened?
2: I didn't cry, but I was, yeah, I was proud. I was kind of embarrassed at how proud I felt because, like, I've (laughs) never met him. I might, I probably never will meet him, but I was like, yeah, that's my guy. Never say never. True. Uh, The Cowboys do play the Bengals next year, so.
3: So you're saying there's a chance. So are you going to wear a Burrow jersey underneath
1: your... No,
2: I'm a professional, for God's sake. (laughs) Okay. No. Um,
1: (laughs) Don't act like that's not something that has remotely cross your mind like in the slightest
2: I'm not gonna try to turn it into a peeing contest with Ohio State but all I know is LSU won the national championship and then put five guys into the first round and I was really excited about that it.
3: honestly seems like a whole different world when we were all in New Orleans like celebrating the national championship yeah wow
2: it really does Was that, a, that two years
3: ago was, uh, three years ago
1: yeah, feels
2: like a lifetime ago
1: that was a good night
2: rehashing honestly reliving my memories of the lsu 2019 season is like how i have how i've stayed sane during quarantine like i watch highlights and turn on recordings of old games like all the time
1: you're you're gross (laughs) like that
2: yeah i am no i'm sick i have a problem
1: (laughs) so speaking of all these draft picks obviously again everyone was remote um so you saw all these people being drafted out of their living rooms and megan and i were cackling at some of these guys and the situations at hand.
3: Okay, first of all, shouts out to all the moms because they were, like, trying to rein in everyone in the background, like, (laughs) pushing people to the side, like, getting them off camera, uh, really just being the boss of the room. It was beautiful to see. What was the one that we watched (laughs) that was killing – oh, yeah, Isaiah Wilson.
1: Isaiah Wilson, if you guys haven't seen this pic where this girl – is like sitting on his lap. I think it's him.
2: Oh, the Georgia oh tackle! Oh my yeah. god! And Mom like moved the girlfriend his or mom's whoever like, she you was. You got to go. Get off. She like him. pulled yeah.
3: her shirt or whatever else, like, <laughs> or like a full on hook move, like get out of the shot. <laughs> I was crying. Oh wow.
2: I just really respected, like, yeah, it was awesome seeing the different setups, and like, I get it if you're excited. Like Henry Ruggs had a personalized banner in his living room, but like, I loved the people. Justin
1: Herbert with the charcuterie board oh, what's yeah. up, Herbie?
2: I love the people that looked like they didn't give a damn like Joe Burrow was just sitting between his parents with that his was phone cute. and then I don't remember who it was it might have been Derek Brown the Auburn tackle but like somebody just had and I'm not trying to throw shade but like they just had a messy kitchen and like somebody was in the back like doing dishes I was like yeah they don't give a damn that they're on TV right now this is great <laughs> That's how I would do it. Whose
3: dad, like after they got drafted, just yep. walked like arms open, like look at me, like in the living room. I was like, yes, that was hysterical. Love to see that.
1: I loved that, but um, the other There's funny m- thing, a lot more
3: personal. I feel like it was, it yeah. was, but
1: our our guy, C D, did not get drafted without a nice little show, <laughs> a video clip to prove I can't. it.
3: I, I love a memeable moment. There's nothing I live for more than that. But It ain't that serious, y'all.
1: So if you guys missed it, which I don't think you did, but no, you uh, didn't. there's a video obviously when CD gets drafted and he's getting he's got like a couple phones in his hands, one like in his lap and then one he's holding up to his ear where it's presumably as him talking to the cowboys and they're like, Hey we're gonna draft you, blah blah blah. And <clears throat> his girlfriend is sitting to his left and she reaches over and grabs the other phone in his lap and he's like, No, ma'am and like pulls it back like real. Excuse quickly. you. <laughs> And the interwebs lost it. Like, they were just <laughs> losing their mind. Like, all the commentary galore. Hey, I even had fun with it.
3: But, yeah. I mean, he even went on his Twitter. So, if you want to go ahead and give him that follow, he's a underscore C-E-E-D-E-E-3 spelled out. Um, and he came out immediately and said, y'all really got to chill. It wasn't even like that thumbs-down emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, of course, uh, she's been getting a lot of hate, which I feel like that's unwarranted. Like she's, Crimson
1: Rose is her yeah,
3: name. Yeah, with a Y. Crimson Rose. Yeah. What um, a great name. She, clo- she should have been
1: dating an Alabama player. Well, Words are
3: hard. Uh, I believe uh, that OU is Crimson and Cream. Am I
2: right? That is, that is right? true, yeah. I should uh, know that. Yeah, well, I mean, Crimson is in Alabama's nickname, so yeah. I'll yeah. let you have
3: it. They were my client. Whoops. But if I remember correctly, that's... Right. Unless it's some other weird word for red. No, but, it's something like no,
2: that. No, colleges love to use, like, it, it can't just be red, right? <laughs> it's like, the
3: old school name. Ohio
2: State has to be scarlet and I mean, crimson and cream. the Nebraska
3: Cornhuskers are red,
2: so. They're just red? They'll Big Red. Oh, yeah, red. yeah, that's true. Thank, hey, hey, LSU. Per, well, actually, honestly, we're guilty, too. We call it gold and it's yellow. Like, it's yellow, all right? I don't know why we have to pretend.
3: <laughs> it's a golden yellow. But...
2: No, I mean, honestly, I have, like, the least, like, you can look through my DMs, like, I am above board, I got nothing shady going on, but if somebody tried to grab my phone, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Give me my phone back. Like, it's just like a, it's a reflex, Well, she did,
3: she went on her Twitter and she quote tweeted a tweet asking why she was worried about his phone when he was in the middle of getting drafted, and she said his agent was FaceTiming him while he was on the phone with the Cowboys. I was doing the girlfriend thing and gonna answer it for him sheesh. So y'all don't be mean to her is that one being mean to her? I feel like you no know, her um if you go on her Instagram and look at her comments it's gross y'all gotta chill I I have no um you, you can't be talking to women like that period it's it's his girlfriend have some respect if he can deal with this how he wants to deal with this it's not even something to deal with really. He, he came out and said it's not a big deal. He's a grown man. He's a grown man. People, like, It's listen, funny, though. It li- was funny. No,
2: like, it's funny, and, like, Twitter's always going to make jokes, right? Yeah. And, and that's what makes Twitter so great. Right. Honestly, have all the fun you want with it, but, like, if you're in people's social media comments just, like, yeah. saying awful stuff to them... Go to hell! Like that. Like why? Why can't you just leave it as a funny joke and move on yeah. with your life? Like it's let, not let us that have serious. this
3: meme in peace.
1: We're trying to have a
2: meme without hurting anybody's mental health too much. You know.
1: I know no girls talking boys listeners were doing that, so I ain't worried. But yeah. like, don't
3: do it, fam. Um, and it's probably not even just cowboys people either.
2: Oh hell no! It's everybody. it's just
3: everybody yeah. because that was all over the place. So yeah. Another thing I noticed
1: too um, was how when he posted the video of him, like, getting drafted on, what was his, his Instagram, Meg? He had all the hat options.
3: Oh my gosh, yeah. they. So I really hadn't thought about that. I mean, that was so unpredictable. Like, how would he just have a Cowboys hat on hand for that? And you And you think back to, like, a couple of the ones that were a little bit wild to get picked there. Like, did we really think that was going to happen and they all had hats? And I was kind of baffled by that. I don't know why. Now that I've seen it, they had a whole table full of every like well, team hat. And I believe out to
2: the league, the league did it. Yeah, like, yeah. The NFL sent right. packages to these guys. Oh, we
3: got some clarification.
2: Which it's funny. I mean, for C. D. Lamb, you want all thirty-two hats, but I thought it was funny that they sent thirty-two hats to Joe Burrow, and I was like, "Come on, guys! Like, <laughs> well, you don't need to do that." So
1: what New Era did, and shouts out to my girl Alyssa for the for the scoops. Um, but what New Era did is they dropped. 50 hats, all or up to the top 50 draft picks, they gave them all 32 hats. They shipped them.
2: Smart. So
1: that's just yeah. like, which is, it's totally smart.
3: I have no idea why that did not occur to me, but when his Instagram video panned over the hat table, I was like, "Whoa!" Keep your options open, my guy.
1: <laughs> no, that was pretty funny. I like that. Uh, speaking of options, let's uh, let's dive into my my the most um, controversial topic, if you will, of <laughs> last night's drafting of CD what number is our guy going to oh, wear, you geez. guys? Uh, so he came on the fan, 105.3 The Fan, the official radio station of the Cowboys afterwards, uh, and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be wearing 10. Which, as someone who has personally, uh, let me just say, like, lived with an equipment manager, I am shocked that he knew it that early, what number he was wearing. And then Jerry later told the media in his post-draft presser that he would love, he would quote, love to see him in 88 because it was going to be honoring his late friend Jerry Lamb who recently passed in December and was his teammate on the Arkansas national team and also obviously tons of standout Cowboy receivers have worn that number before so um, there's the deets. Where, where's your head at?
2: You go.
3: Oh I was just going to say he did say he wanted to wear a 10 I don't think he was like fully committed to it so sure. there's a, there is room for this discussion for sure um, but yeah if Jerry's if your boss man is uh, feeling it, I don't know if you can really deny him.
2: Here's I want to cl- <laughs> I want to try to clarify. It can be hard to clarify sure. when yeah. Jerry tells the story sometimes, but the way I interpreted that, he was giving us in the media an anecdote from the conversation when they drafted him. So put yourself in the frame of mind of Jerry talking to Stephen and Will, and he's saying, you know, I had you know my buddy jerry lamb he wore 88 and i'd love to bring this guy down and put him in 88 and we've got ourselves a receiver he didn't say that to the media like we drafted cd lamb and i would like him to wear 88 like can you yeah am yep. i am no, i that making that sense. clear okay so it's almost
1: like a look inside his head when he's making the decision he's right. like, wow this is all falling into place it feels like very um
3: fortuitous and strong you know, vote of confidence though yeah. it's like if you can even envision that for him like Wow, an oh. 88 would be perfect for
2: him. Like CD Lamb is good enough to wear 88. I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah. On me personally, like it seems it seems too soon. They're I mean, not do it. people are don't think so. people are still talking about Dez playing for the Cowboys. I mean, that's been a dominant storyline for the off season. Sure. So it just feels too soon to try to move on from that era. Yeah. And also I I like the I I love legacy numbers. I think they're a lot of fun. 88, the, the tradition is awesome, you know, Irvin, Des, and Drew Pearson, that's cool. I like the idea of, of C.D. Lamb being able to forge his own legacy.
3: Yeah, you know? he, he could be the... The 10 could be the next 88 for... Sure.
2: Or oh, whatever. whatever, shoot, I be- 17 is open. Pick 17, 83? number 17. Oh, yeah. 17-17. I'm just saying.
1: That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and also just FYI, I, I've seen some talk. Everyone was like, oh, well, Tavon, technically Tavon's a free agent. Uh, You know, Dave, you and I were talking and you said, listen, he's not signed with the team right now, and so I think they're going to wait to see what happens with the draft. And so I feel like this is kind of writing on the wall. Are, 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 am I wrong?
2: No, I'm. they could still bring him back, but this is a classic case of, the Cowboys are like, well, let's see what we can do in the draft, and if it doesn't work out the way we want it to, maybe we'll bring you back. And they still could. Right. But it seems less likely now.
1: I also feel like um, 88, again, like, I just – there are certain numbers within the Dallas Cowboys organization that are very difficult that, A, are just untouchable, and, B, if they do reuse them because you can't just – you, you can't just retire every single number of a player that left a great mark on your organization, or else you'd have no numbers left. <laughs> yeah. So, but best believe you will not be seeing an 82 around for uh, maybe ever, or if not, like a hell of a long time. Yeah. I am going to say,
2: like the only, <clears throat> I looked this up last night, I believe the only 80 numbers that are unclaimed are 82, 84, and 88. 83. 83. And, oh, you're right, 83. We know he's not. He's not taking 82. Not right now. Yeah. And
1: also, just again, like, it would be weird. My knowledge of how they... I actually love that uh, about this team and how they respect the legacies of the players that came before them. I don't necessarily believe, even if they opt not to bring Des back. I'm not sure I view it as writing on the wall that they're not going to bring a guy like Des back. I think... Maybe the writing on the wall was already there, and we don't just it. Don't let my dream die. Yeah, seriously, I, <laughs> I'm never gonna let my dream die either. But like, I don't even know if it was really as feasible as they were yeah. thinking or we wanted to believe. Um, but I just, I don't really see them putting him in 88 just yet. It does. It feels a little too okay. soon.
2: Like guess, I mean, before they drafted C.D. Lamb, like the most common question that I got as a Cowboys v writer was, "Are they gonna sign Dez? and it just seems weird to just flip the switch and be like okay deuces and move on and if he winds up wearing 88 that's fine I'm not gonna like be upset about it but it just seems a little yeah. too soon for I could me. be
1: wrong my last name is not Jones so I don't make the rules but that's yeah. my guess that he's not wearing 88 are you so are you gonna read into this anecdotal story from Jerry and say if he wants CD to potentially it'd be cool for him to be wearing 88 that means no des or was this just like the Des thing it was not really it was
3: something that you thought was going to happen, anyways.
2: The Des thing was never something that I thought would happen. Yeah,
3: I get it. It's
2: fine. Just kill our dreams, whatever. Sorry, I'm going
3: to hold the torch out here in the rain. <laughs> I respect Megan's your just, dedication, like
2: the that movie where he's got the boombox over his head. <laughs> yeah. Megan's just standing there.
3: Come back to me.
1: <laughs> and,
2: instead of the boombox, she's just holding the X in the air. Oh
1: my god! Yeah. Can we, Can we please go put Megan up yeah, in the parking lot at a the face star? On <laughs> yeah, like with like a, a throw up the X like face mask like in the star parking lot. <laughs> she's just like holding her.
2: If she's going out in public, she's gonna be wearing a mask. So. Do
1: you remember Dave like out at Valley Ranch? There was this guy that showed up, and was like, "What?" He like had a sign. He was said he would stand out at Valley Ranch. What did it say for like weeks? At
0: he, t- was, uh, he was
2: he was an undrafted. I mean, he was a college football guy. I don't remember his name or where he came from, but he, uh, he didn't get drafted, and he stood at the entrance to the facility for, like, the entire OTA program, like, three weeks, That's every wild. day. He was there, you know. I think it was like, you know, give me a chance. I, you know, I can, I run up whatever, 40. I don't remember, but they, I mean, they didn't sign him. Oh. Yeah, I know.
3: That's, That's a that was, that sad ending to that, that story. kind of tank.
2: I've got a great... Okay, I've got a pretty good anecdote about that. Honestly, if you want to hear it, obviously, uh, we talked to Jason Garrett about that, and uh, he was like, you know, he basically was like, oh, there, you know, there's, there's certain channels that you've got to go through, right? Like you can't just stand at the door and ask for a job. Like there's, un- there's the draft, there's undrafted free agency, and he looked over at one of the sports writers. And he was like, I mean, you know, you're, you're at the pinnacle of your profession. How did, how did you get your job? Like, you probably didn't do that. And he was like, actually, like, I just emailed the editor over and over and over again until they gave me a chance. And, I mean, that's how I got my job at
1: the and Cowboys. And Garrett, Garrett
2: was like, there oh, well, okay, well, you're the exception or whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was funny.
1: That's literally how I got my job at the Cowboys. They could not get rid of me. Yeah. They literally, I interned for them, or I, was, I wasn't even supposed to get the internship when I was in college. professor was like I think we're gonna give it to someone else and I was like no you're not like excuse you (laughs) like I am taking that job and I'm gonna work my ass off and get it and then when I was an intern I literally, anytime I wasn't in class, I was up at Valley Ranch. Like, I, I joke, I was like, you guys can't get rid of me. So they just had to hire me. I live here now. I live here now. I sleep yeah. here
2: all mo- I moved in. There's nothing you can do There's about it. There's nothing you
1: can do. All right. So now what? Obviously, super hype on pick 17, first round in the books. We've got rounds two and three today Cowboys pick at 51 and at 82 in the third. Uh, Dave, positions and names to be watching for in these next couple rounds?
2: I've got my eye on defense. I mean, I already prefaced it. If something crazy happens, maybe you look offensive line or tight end, maybe. But they need they need DBs and they need pass rushers badly. And I think that's where they're going to be looking. Um, there is a lot of really intriguing talent sitting there right now. But the Cowboys have to wait for 17 other picks. So it's going to be kind of an agonizing wait, whether you like... Um, Who's still out there? Zach Bond, the pass rusher out of Wisconsin. Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama. Delpit. There's there's so many good safeties. Grant none of them got drafted last night. Grant Delpit is still there. Xavier McKinney. Antoine Winfield, a personal favorite of mine. Um Trevon Diggs, who we talked about as a first round option, is still there. Uh who else? Jeez. I'm draw- uh, Jalen Johnson out of Utah. I mean <laughs> There's loads and loads of defensive talent, and now it's just going to be about waiting to see who falls to you.
3: Well, you think the pool is pretty stacked there on who they want in the second round or who they could probably get. You don't see them moving up or down? I mean,
2: never. Never seen never. I'm going to be fascinated. In the
3: words of Justin Bieber.
2: Unfortunately, (laughs) they – Just walk right past that.
1: I was going to sing, but I decided to spare y'all. It didn't go well the first time, so I'm not going to give you a
2: repeat. So if you go back in the time machine to when Kelsey was still with the Cowboys. Oh,
1: go back like 50 years. In 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 2014,
2: (laughs) they felt like Demarcus Lawrence was the last pass rusher who really fit their criteria. And he was still there at the end of the first round. They were picking 47th. Uh, second pick of the second round they jump up to 34 to make sure they get him. They gave up their third round pick to do it. I would be surprised if they did that tonight but it just depends on how they feel about these guys. Uh, If there's a pass rusher there that they just don't think they can live without, maybe they get crazy but I just think they have too many needs to part with valuable picks so I would lean that they hang in and make their picks This
1: is the year I feel like we could use like five more draft picks
2: they need to come out of this draft with like three starter caliber players so they've got one but they still got some work to do
1: so as we know uh meg is a, is always a big fan of the goat and um we lost uh our guy
3: well i will have to preface this real quick though technically dave started that because he like made that meme and, he it, gets was, quite a- and it was beautiful but you perpetuated I, the oh end yeah out of that
2: She's I, the guardian of the flame. Like I yeah. said,
1: a memeable moment. It, that's like, like that's like Dan Nailey. Like you created Dan Le- Nailey, but best believe, I used that until it was beat into the ground. Just, I don't
2: need credit. I just create these things and usher them into the world.
3: But <laughs> I'm Jeff Heath was a CEO of like showing up in the weirdest moments and like CEO. making an impact.
2: <laughs> he uh, that's why that's what I loved about him. I people. People get mad at me to this day. Like, I know Jeff Heath wasn't an all-pro player, but he had a knack for making the right play at the right time, and he did crazy stuff like kick extra points and knock people out on punt returns. Like, he was just a fun guy to watch. He was such an all-American. I miss you, Jeff. I won't apologize for it.
3: So, okay,
1: obviously safety is a need, but is it more of a need than corner? Again, are you... When you get to your pick and you've got guys like... A Delpit there or, or whatever. I
2: feel I, like you want me to tell you who they're gonna pick. I don't I just, know.
3: I I feel like yeah I do. Read, just read, predict read that the they're gonna pick your Tiger son and be done with it. I mean I'm that
2: sure. would if Grant Delpit falls to fifty one, I would have a hard time not picking him. But but
3: do you feel like they prioritize safety over
1: a corner? Do you think no. they? Yeah. So
2: no, I mean, I love to kill the Cowboys for not valuing safety because they don't. But cornerback is the more valuable position and you look at their depth chart they need a cornerback more than they need a safety right now like they have haha clinton dicks and xavier woods i know they'll be free agents next year sure. but they also have darian thompson and they can i mean you know they can re-sign xavier woods or clinton dicks or both like they can find safeties cornerbacks are harder to find byron jones just got paid 82 million dollars if, if you're good at corner it's expensive and hard to find one and the fact that they only have one under contract for 2021 is scary. So, so if I, I mean, sorry, not to cut you off, like all things being equal, if a cornerback that I like is there at 51, that would be my preference
1: over a guy who technically would be a higher rate of player, Just but is a safety
2: dip, uh, goes back to what we said earlier, how close are the grades if Grant Delpit is absurdly better than any cornerback that is there, then I would take Grant Delpit. But if it's even remotely close, I'm taking the more valuable position, which is cornerback.
1: Mm, You heard it here first. Dave just predicted um, the picks for round (laughs) six. I I
2: mean, if they're, I think, I think one of those safeties, if McKinney or Delpit, Trevon Diggs is the name that I keep coming back to. Like, we'll see how far he falls, but I bet that they would love to draft him at 51 if he lasts that long.
1: Overall, I know we heard this narrative before, but... It, we were the GMs were kind of seating in the meet like they were leaking their commentary to the media and saying how far off everyone seemed to be with their mock drafts this year. Were you guys shocked like, like were you were you shocked? Do you feel like everyone was way off in what they thought how they felt like the cars were gonna fall based on how it, it did?
2: I think the first half of the first round was like laughably predictable. like I mean you know so there were some surprises. the Raiders took rugs, lamb fell to Dallas. Uh, The order of the tackles was a little surprising. I don't know how many people thought Andrew Thomas would go fourth. But all the players were right. Like, nobody was surprised by the players. And then picks like 20 through 32 got a little bit wonky. Like, I don't know how many people thought... Nobody thought Damon Arnett was a first-round pick. I don't think anybody saw Noah Igbenogany going in the first round... I thought my guy, Clyde Edwards-Elair, might go pick 32 to the Chiefs, but I don't know how many other people saw that coming. That
1: team's going to be so scary.
2: Yeah. But, so, yeah, I mean, it it got a little weird toward the end of the first round, but it always kind of does. Jordan Brooks going to Seattle, that was a surprise, too.
1: I like that supposed team with a Y. Yeah, that's fun. That's original. I feel like
2: I I should have spelled
1: my name like K-E-L-C-I. You know how much I hate that.
2: Yeah, Megan has thoughts about that.
3: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like, Why?
1: You don't want to spell your
2: name? Yeah, Y is in his name, you're right.
3: That's, like, such a celebrity name too. I've seen Megan spelled with an I in it, and I just am here to say no.
2: I will say, I mean, (laughs) I don't have a problem with it, but, like, it probably sucks for Jordan Brooks that, like, he's probably had his name spelled wrong his whole life. Because nobody, when you say Jordan, nobody's going to assume there's a Y in there. So every time he goes to Starbucks, if he drinks coffee... He's getting it spelled wrong on his coat.
3: Whoever added an A to Megan, like, ruined my life. Who because hurt you? People, <laughs>
2: mine's Me,
1: the
3: original spelling here. Miyagin? Yeah. As someone who is consistently called Chelsea,
1: I can relate to this. <laughs> I, I, well, I, yours
3: is hard because, like, the last name of it all, like, yeah, it's Charles. easy to switch those. Listen.
1: My whole thoughts are, if you name your kid and you spell it different or you go with it a weird, a little interesting name, it's 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 going to go either one of two ways they're either going to be really cool and it's going to be awesome or they're going to be really weird and they're never going to be able to live that down for the rest of their life like there is no middle ground (laughs) like you put your child in this like very polarizing position
2: jordan brooks is now a first round draft pick so like people are probably going to spell his name a lot more often now than they used to For sure. good for him
1: i feel good for him all right so um That was a good show, guys. Um, That was fun. Is it over? I I mean we could talk all day, but unfortunately We probably um, will later. Yeah. We've got things to do like get ready for this second round of the draft and other um, other things, coffees to drink. Yeah. Social media.
3: Lunch to have. Yeah. Food. I'm always thinking about my next meal, so
1: (laughs) you and me both, sister. (laughs) Um, this is fun. So Dave, I know the draft coverage continues today for you. Where can we find you? and hear your wonderful, beautiful voice telling us who the Cowboys are going to pick.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, Nobody's ever said my voice was beautiful. Um,
1: Well, I I don't know how honest I was being.
2: We hit the air at 5.30 Central tonight. I think we're starting out on DallasCowboys.com, the same place we were last night, but tonight we are moving over to 105.3 The Fan. So if you're in the Metroplex, you can turn it on the radio, or if you're not, it doesn't matter. You can find it on any radio app. Radio.com. Radio.com, any yep. of that good stuff. Uh, and we've got...
1: Heavy hitting lineup.
2: We've got Brian Broaddus the rest of the way. so We know that guy. Uh, that's super exciting. So, Dane
1: Brugler, Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, uh, Kyle, and yourself will yep. be starting the draft coverage on 105 through The Fan tonight. The draft second and third rounds start tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time. You heard some names to keep a hold of and keep track of. We're gonna be playing along too. Um, follow us on Twitter, also on Blogging the Boys on Instagram. Uh, reminder: I'm Kelsey underscore Charles. Megan is Meg Murray with four R's. Send us your questions. We want to hear your thoughts. We're gonna be watching along with you. Um, so thanks, Dave, for joining us. We appreciate you. We're gonna be tuning into your broadcast here tonight. Reminder for all you guys listening to talk, Girls and Boys, we're back every Monday and Friday with a new episode of GTB. So make sure you subscribe to Blog in the Boys Feed wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. We've also got a host of other great shows on the Blog Blogging the Boys Feed, Daily Briefings in the Morning with The Ocho, uh, The 750 with Tony Casillas, Talking the Draft with Connor um, and Dalton, Brews and the Boys as well. So make sure you guys are rating us. Leave us a glowing review tell meg she's pretty
3: <laughs> honestly thanks for that it really boosted my ego this that's, week that's
1: the new line you can tell me that too just so we're clear like i will not turn down a compliment but you know tell meg she's pretty uh <laughs> until next time i'm kelsey charles with megan murray and this has been girls talking boys in partnership with sb nation and the blog and the boys podcast network and as always cowboys forever eagles
3: for never later guys